0: I really feel some of the the songs that we're singing, the the message we've had this morning, in tongues and the interpretation, have really spoken into what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. Last week, you know, I said I had no idea what I would preach on really these three weeks, but I felt God say to me the way, the truth, and the life. And so that's what I've taken a look at. You know, I've been looking at these these passages these last few weeks, and there's so much more in in this than I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, no one comes to the Father except through me. I read that again. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you are lost, he is the way. If you are confused, he is the truth. If you are fearful, he is the life. You know, in our pluralistic society where anything goes, there are many ways to heaven, to paradise, to nirvana, whatever people choose. To those people, these words are offensive, and they can seem a little bit arrogant. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. But they can only be arrogant if they're not true. But the good news for us is it is true. (laughs) He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. These well-known words of Jesus are often portrayed as a triumphant banner over our Christian faith, almost like a, a rallying cry Sometimes it can be part of an apologetic defense of our faith, but there's so much more than that. See, taken in context of the passage where they're found, Jesus' words are more than a slogan or a statement, a statement brought out in religious debate to try and prove a point. See, rather than a public declaration of his identity, rather than trying to just tell you who he was, these words were part of a comforting message in the midst of coming adversity for his 11 remaining disciples. And they're a comfort for us today too. And I really feel here this morning, somebody needs to hear this this comfort that is in this message, that is in this passage. If we just set the scene, one of the 12 disciples had just left as a traitor. Jesus had told them that he would be leaving. And he tells Peter, perhaps the strongest among them, perhaps their, their talisman besides Jesus. He tells Peter that he would deny Jesus three times. In the middle of this emerging fear, confusion, and shame, Jesus speaks consoling words to them. Now, I don't know about you, but the last couple of years have been tough for many different reasons. Even the last two months, even the last couple of weeks for me, that have been tough. You know, sometimes our faith is rattled. Sometimes we begin to get lost and lose sight of God in our lives. Sometimes we might wonder where He is. And not long ago, I felt far from God. I wondered where he was, and I knew I had to talk it through with God. You know, I, I feel far from you, what's happening? And, and I spoke in, in prayer, I prayed to God while in church. It's always the best thing to do, a church far from here. And I just felt God remind me in my, in my spirit that he was right there. He never leaves. He said, turn around, I'm right here, I'm right here. And I want to say to you this morning, you might feel like you are far from God. And you won't be the only one to ever express this. But wherever you are this morning, if you're watching online this morning, God is with you. He's right next to you. He is in you. I know there's someone sat next to you, but in between you and them is God. He is in front of you. He is behind you. He's to the left of you. He is to the right of you. And he is in you. And he will never leave you. When you've chosen to follow him, he will never leave you. You might think you're far from me, God says, but I'm never far from you. Do you feel far from God this morning? Are you feeling fear, confusion, maybe shame today? Are you afraid of something? Are you a bit lost? Maybe feeling guilty? Perhaps you're worried about yourself, your life, your family, your finances, the world around you. You might be worried and troubled. But if that's the case, then let the words of Jesus, we're going to read in a moment, settle into your heart today. Because they were not just for the disciples of 2,000 or so years ago, they were for us as well. Lord, I pray as we look at your word, as we look at these words, I pray that they will settle in our hearts. I pray that the trouble that some of us may be feeling, some of the upset some of us may be feeling, our hearts may be troubled. But Lord, I pray that your words, Lord, and your message would still the stormy waters. Lord, I pray that as you speak, we will be calm and we would know that you are the way the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. If you've got your, your Bibles with you or your phones, you'd like to turn or, or scroll to John 14. We're going to look at the first 11 verses here together. I'll just read these to you now. So John 14, 1 to 11. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, what I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Jesus' words in John 14 aren't about evangelism. They're not about religious debate. They are words of comfort. They are words of truth, not controversy. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Jesus' words are about reassurance and peace. Despite all the things that I have told you, believe in me, trust me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. But how? (laughs) With everything going on around us, the wars, financial insecurity, relationship breakdowns, the future of our children, global warming, increased poverty, drought, floods, wildfires, I could go on. How do you keep your hearts from being troubled? Well, Jesus gives us the answer in verse one. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Have faith. Trust in God. Trust in me, Jesus says. Have faith. You know, Ephesians 6, verse 16, Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he says this to them in the midst of the the armor of God that he's talking about, putting on the armor of God. He said, in addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And forgive me, but I was, as I was reading this, I started to think about Wonder Woman and Captain America and the shields that they had. And, and they're just I nearly bought one on holiday, a Captain America shield. It just looks so cool and groovy. But as I read this, I was thinking about this shield of faith and, and thank the Lord for Kids Club. Because downstairs... <laughs> They've got this shield of faith. And this shield of faith is so much better than any shield in the movies. See, Jesus says, have faith. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith. Have faith in me. Have faith in God. And when these fiery darts of the enemy come to you, you can deploy your shield of faith and you can stop the fiery darts. Literally, like a shield, faith is used to repel the attacks of the enemy. So the enemy cannot destroy you. But he will try and discourage you and distract you. And every time he tries to distract you or discourage you, you deploy your shield of faith and say, no, not today. Not today. You're not doing that to me today. That is not happening. Whenever we feel low. You know, it's not every time that we feel bewildered or discouraged, we can blame it on the devil. Sometimes it's us. Our own thought lives and allowing the world around us and its troubles to bring us down can be just as responsible. I wonder if, like me, the amount you watch the news and the amount you read the Bible are kind of in the balance. And I don't need to flip that. I don't need to flip that because the fiery darts of the enemy come from everywhere. We allow ourselves to become discouraged, we allow ourselves to become defeated. But when we find ourselves in that place, deploy the shield of faith. Remember what Jesus has done. You know, the disciples didn't know what Jesus was going to do. Here he was trying to console them. We have the benefit of hindsight. We know what Jesus did and we're, we're going to come on to that. But remember what Jesus did. Deploy that shield of faith. Trust in God. Believe also in me, Jesus said. So there's four things I want us to look at in this passage. Four things that we can grow our faith with. Four things that we can remember when the chips are down. When we're feeling like, are we going to get through this? That word from Kirsten this morning. You know, We're going to get through this together. We are going to get through this together because God has already done it. God has already made a way through. It says in verse 2, this is the first point. My father's house has many rooms. It's a big house. A very big house. (laughs) And he has a big heart. And this house is for all who would go to stay. This is a big house. And he wants everybody, not all will, because they choose not to. But he wants everybody to be in that house. He wants everybody to go to that house. And it's a house. It's not a hotel, it's not somewhere you visit, this is a house where you can go and stay, where we will go and stay, and we will belong, and we will be welcome. It reminded me of the, the parable of the wedding banquet. Jesus tells of this wedding banquet where the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have, been, that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. And those I've done it all. I've done, they don't have to do anything, they just have to turn up. They just have to come. I've done it all. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready. But those I are invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. You are invited to the father's house. You are invited to go and stay with him. But I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that feels ashamed, that feels that they don't belong. I was speaking to somebody just yesterday outside when we were doing the, the barbecue about the perception of church. And how, not being proud about this church, but how they felt at home here because they were made welcome. You're welcome in the Father's house. Do not be ashamed. God loves you. He wants you and there are many rooms. If you don't feel good enough, you are welcome. This king sent his servants onto the street corners to invite everybody. And that's what Jesus has done. He has invited everybody to his house. But as we read, there is a dress code. There is a dress code. You can't get in wearing what you're wearing. We can't get in wearing what we're wearing. It reminded me of when I was working in Dubai about 15 years ago. Some friends and I went on a, on a night out. We went to a hotel trying to find somewhere safe. Went to this hotel and I was wearing a nice white linen shirt, nice white linen trousers. Thought I was looking really snappy. And I had these sandals on. Yes, Dubai, right? So I had sandals on. So I turn up to this hotel. Everybody walks in, and the doorman says, no, you can't come in. So what do you mean I can't come in? He said, you got sandals on. I said, this is Dubai. It's the desert. Of course i got sandals on. He said, you can't come in with sandals on. We don't have people in wearing sandals. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I went back to the hotel, and I put my trainers on. So now ruined my outfit, but I could get in. <laughs> so I come back, and believe it or not, they let me in with trainers on but it's because I was wearing what they said that's what I needed to wear that's what I needed to look like there was a a dress code the thing is you can only get into the father's house wearing the right clothes but you're never going to have to go and get them you don't have to go back to the hotel and get your shoes you don't have to go and pay for a new outfit Jesus has got the outfit waiting for you and he wants to give it to you and all you've got to do is believe in him and follow him and he will give you new clothes Everybody is welcome in the Father's house. Secondly, Jesus says he's going to prepare a place for you. He says this to the disciples, but it's equally the same for us. He was going to prepare a place for you. And the language here is important. But in verse 2 it says, What I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you. A place for you. Not the place He's not going to prepare the place. He's preparing a place for you in my father's house. And he's going to do that by preparing a way. In verse 3 he says, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. He's going to take us to where he is. This moves it from a place to a person. Jesus is going to take us to him. We will dwell in him, in his father's house. Wherever he is, is heaven. Hell is where Jesus is not. Hell is wherever, heaven is wherever Jesus is. We're going to be with him. It cannot be a place. Matthew 25, it says, Take your inheritance. This is the sheep and the goats. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. It's ready. It's been prepared. It's ready. It's not preparing a place. He's not preparing a building. Not preparing a house. He's preparing a place for you. A place for you in the Father's house. So this is not a physical place. But it's a path or a way into entry into a person, and that person is the Father. We were separated from the Father a long time ago, and Jesus made a way that we would be returned to the Father. This is the way that He was preparing. He was going to prepare a way for us to be reconciled to the Father. So, how does Jesus prepare this way? How does He open this way for us to the Father's house? Well, it's via the cross and death, and resurrection. He had to conquer death. This was resurrection on earth, not construction in heaven. When he said, I go to prepare a way for you, he knew the way was via the cross, and via the tomb, and via resurrection. The disciples didn't know that. That's why Jesus is trying to console them. But we do know that. We do know that is what he did. We do know that he died on a cross for us, that he paid the price for our sin. We know that he went into that tomb, and his body was dead. But we also knew, no, that as he laid there, we sing it, don't we? One miraculous breath, and Jesus was alive. And death stood in the tomb, goes, this wasn't supposed to happen. But Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered death, and in so made a way for us to the Father. He was preparing a way for you and I and all who would follow him to the Father. You know, wearing what we are wearing, we cannot get in. The lives that we normally lead, the hearts that we have, we could not get in. But as I said earlier, Jesus wants to swap our filthy rags for robes of righteousness. And if you believe in him, that's what you're wearing. If you believe in Jesus and his spirit lives in you, you are wearing robes of righteousness and you will get into this house. And if you're thinking this morning, I'm not so sure I'm wearing these robes of righteousness, we'll give you a chance to put those on later this morning. You see, Jesus wanted everybody, everybody to come to his house. When he went to the cross, every blow, every cut, every thorn, every nail, he was thinking it's a place for them. And it's going to be a place for them. And it's going to be a place for them. Keep hitting, keep cutting, because it's another room for them and another room for them. You cannot stop me. He prepared a place for us. Thirdly, Jesus says that he will lead us to the Father by being the way. He didn't just prepare a way. He is the way. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus wouldn't just prepare a way. He wouldn't just make the way. He wouldn't just open the gate. He would then show us there. He would then keep us on the path, on that narrow path. He would guide us like a good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He banishes darkness and he makes a way that we can see to the Father. He said, I am the way. Jesus says, I am the door, the door through which you can go to the Father. I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they will follow me Jesus leads us on the way that he has prepared having opened the gate Jesus ushers us in he doesn't leave us to it we've heard this morning you will get through this whatever you are facing this morning whatever trouble you have and I know there must be somebody here that has trouble from what we've heard this morning you'll have to turn on the news and we're all worried about something But Jesus promises to be with us. He promises to keep us on that path, to keep our eyes focused on the prize, getting through that gate, through that door, and into the Father's house. You might be thinking this morning, but what about my family? They are far from God. They don't just feel it, they are. They don't even know him, or they may be friends. Well, the other thing about Jesus being the good shepherd is he often leaves the 99, and he goes after the one he doesn't give up. So he didn't say, right, I've made a way, off you go. You can go in or you don't. It's entirely up to you. He hounds us. He hounds the lost. He doesn't leave them. He stands at the door and he knocks. And he continues to knock. So pray that they hear the knock because Jesus is after them. Jesus promised to be a guide. He wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. He speaks to us in spirit, and in truth. We were having a conversation around the dinner table the other evening about how God speaks to us, and we all agreed that he speaks to us in spirit, and in truth. He speaks into our heart. He drops things into you, and you know that it's, that's God speaking. That's God guiding through the Holy Spirit, and you know the truth of the Bible, the word that guides us. It's like 10-pin bowling. You know, if you're, if you're unsure that you're any good at this, you can put the sides up. It's like spirit, and truth, and when they're on either side of you, you know you're going to end up getting a strike. You're going to end up in the Father's house because Jesus will guide you there. If you feel lost this morning, he will save you and he will show you the way. The Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says it in Joel and Romans and Acts. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you don't know him this morning, call on the name of the Lord of the Lord and you will be saved and you can come into the Father's house and lastly I just want to say he is always with you I couldn't believe the songs that we've been singing and the word that we had this morning this notion that God is always with us see just try for a moment to imagine the disciples' bewilderment Jesus was confirming to them that he was God he and the Father are one in fact let's look at that a moment How many times does he say it? I think it's from verse 7. Here we go. So he's telling that he is the Father. Where are we? Verse 7. Glasses are somewhere else. (laughs) If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From there on, you do know him, and I've seen him. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. Jesus goes on, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is in the Father, living in me, who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus went to great lengths to show them, I am God. I am the Father, standing in front of you in human form. I am God. But not only have the disciples kind of just grasped this, Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm God and I'm with you, but I am going away. And God, Jesus, <laughs> did leave them for a period. But this is where we are so blessed. This is where we are so blessed because we have the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus tells them in John 16, we, we carry on in this, in this passage. Jesus says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We are so privileged to have the Holy Spirit to guide us, to help us and comfort us. We are never alone. The Spirit of Christ lives in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, we've sung it this morning, is in you. God is in you. Believe it and listen to him. Know that He is with you, He will never leave you, He will never forsake you. He is the Spirit of God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. It says in Romans, Jesus had to go that we might have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power, the Holy Spirit reveals truth, the Holy Spirit is our comfort, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Jesus is within you, He is in you. I have much more to say to you. This is what Jesus says in John 16. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. No you're not going to be able to understand this right now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. When you get that feeling, when when Jesus is speaking to you, when a piece of scripture becomes alive to you, when you have a dream, when something drops in your heart, when you're in worship, when you really feel God's arms wrap around you, when you feel him saying something to you, that is the Holy Spirit at work in you, that is God speaking to you through his Spirit. This is not a separate entity of Jesus. This is Jesus' Spirit. This is God in you. He promised he would leave the Holy Spirit for you. So as I close, and hopefully you have been comforted, do not let your hearts be troubled. Have faith in Jesus. Have faith in God. Do not let your hearts be troubled because there are many rooms in the Father's house. And there is one with your name on it. You know, as I was preparing this message, I thought about, it's really great actually, you know, that Dave and Hannah have had another baby. You know, they're going to be preparing a nursery. And you've seen it you, in homes and they get a nameplate and they put the, I mean, this baby's name is Baby at the moment. So it'll go up on the door and it'll just say Baby. or It might say Lucy or it might say Johnny. But there's a nameplate that goes on that door. That's going to be their room. When they come home from the hospital, that's going to be their room. You know, if you believe in Jesus this morning there is a room and it's got your name on and Jesus went to the cross so he could put a name on your room if you don't know him this morning there are lots of rooms in our father's house but there are no names on yet and he wants to put your name on it he wants you to come home he wants you to follow him he wants you to trust him he wants you to know that life isn't worth living without him he is the way the truth and the life He has prepared a way for you to be with him in glory. He has done it all. There is nothing for you to do but believe in him and have faith in him and to follow him. He has conquered sin and death and he will give you the robes of righteousness so that you can join him in the Father's house. Thirdly, he is the way to the Father and the eternal life with him. Call on his name and he will save you and guide you into the presence of God. And fourthly, he is with you. When we are saved, when we believe in and call on the name of Jesus, his spirit, the very spirit of God, comes in to us and lives with us. God is with us. He is with you. Whatever you're facing this morning, he is with you. And if you're tired of facing things alone, I want to invite you to call on the name of the Lord this morning. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to say it again before I pray. I'm going to ask the, the worship team... To come up and join me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you are lost, he is the way. If you are confused, he is the truth. If you are fearful, he is the life. I want to ask you this morning, I'm going to make time for ministry. I'm going to ask people if they want to follow Jesus, if they want to come into the Father's house. But also want to open up a time in ministry this morning. I've, I really feel that people... I've got trouble, I really feel that there are people that are troubled here this morning and they want to give it to God and I feel like God wants to give you something this morning, he wants to leave you assured that he is with you and whatever you're facing he's holding your hand and you are going to get through this because he is with you. So we're going to go into a time of ministry in a moment but before we do that I'm just going to pray and offer people a chance to follow Jesus for the first time, to get their name on that room that is waiting for them. Don't get left out. Don't miss out what is waiting for you. Eternal life with one who will allow no more tears, no more sorrow, no more struggle, but eternal bliss living in and through Jesus. So if that's you this morning, then just say this prayer in your heart after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the, the way I've lived my life. I'm sorry for being selfish and doing everything my way. Lord, I want to follow you. I want you to come into my life I want you to be my way I want you to be my truth and I want you to be my life thank you for dying on the cross for me thank you for making a way to God for me thank you for forgiving all my sin Lord please come into my heart please show me who you are I want to follow you Amen. If that's you this morning, and you've given your life to Christ this morning, welcome. (laughs) Welcome on the journey to the Father's house. And there's now a room waiting for you with your name on. You are in. And they are now dancing in heaven. So if that's you, please make yourself known this morning. Please come and see me, anyone with a lanyard on. Go and see them and make sure you tell them.